Good morning, Hope everybody's doing well today on this fabulous and wonderful Tuesday morning. Hope everybody had a good night's rest last night and you're ready to get the day a hopping and a popping and a going. And I uh, hope you do have a blessed and wonderful day this morning. All right, let's see who we got watching. We've got Tracy Little, Kelly Jan Swift, Amy Oaks Turner, Darlene Barker, Angel Dixon. So I appreciate all you wonderful people for tuning in and joining me this morning. Well, at this time, let's go ahead and do our morning pledge of allegiance. Oh, did Let me get over here. Come on, mouse. Here we go. I'm going to get to it. Hold on. Okay, there we go. Sorry about that. All righty. Attention, salute, pledge. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. I pledge allegiance to the Christian flag and to the Savior for whose kingdom it stands, one Savior, crucified, risen, and coming again, with life and liberty for all who believe. I pledge allegiance to the Bible, God's holy word. I will make a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I will hide its words in my heart that I might not sin against God. Praise the Lord for these wonderful pleasures we get to say each and every morning and the freedom to do so. Uh, thank God it uh, looks like the Republicans may take the House, so that's a good thing. And I uh, wish they would have been dominant in uh, Congress as well, but well, that's going to happen. And then uh, Arizona got flipped uh, over, or well, still remains Democrat, I don't know. But uh, kind of strange how it took a week to count the votes. And a woman who was another basement driller, dweller like Biden comes out of the woodwork and wins. Uh, that was a little sketchy to me, but that's my own personal opinion. But you take that and do that as you wish. <laughs> Hello, Mike. Yes, I appreciate you tuning in this morning. Uh, that's where I need to be this morning, so the devotions won't be real long, but hopefully we'll get the point across and uh, get our day going where it needs to go nonetheless. So uh, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 15. Therefore, he is the mediator of a new covenant, so that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance. Since the death has occurred, that redeems him from the transgressions committed under the first covenant. All right. Praise the Lord for that reading and the hearing of it to our hearts. You know, those who are uh, who don't know anything about Christianity oftentimes refer to it as a slaughterhouse religion. Uh, that, uh, uh, that, you know, where God uh, demand, demanded a uh, pagan-like sacrifice because the pagans oftentimes were known for uh, blood sacrifices and you know it just shows their their ignorance and their knowledge that uh, God was wrathful and that you know he dared to condemn us for our sins and then demand such a sacrifice but the thing we have to understand is that uh, we are you know God is perfect and he demanded judgment and he demanded uh, you know and, and that uh, you know that something had to be done a penalty had to be paid for our sins you know since the fall of man uh, you know, Adam and Eve, they, uh, you know, sort of sin entered the world. So every person uh, was born with that uh, disease of sin, and except for Jesus. You know, I'll say that's the whole point of, of how uh, uh, the virgin birth, uh, that uh, because the, the blood of man is what hands down, that seed is what hands down that uh, sin. But Jesus uh, was uh, not conceived by man. And uh, so much makes the virgin birth so much more miraculous and wonderful, uh, as opposed to uh, the uh, was it the 
when I was with Blake and Lombie's sister Morgan's that uh, try to say that uh, Mary's impregnated by a Roman soldier, which is crazy. But, uh, you know, nonetheless, uh, Jesus Christ was fully God, he was fully man, but he was without sin. And that's what made his sacrifice worthy to cover our sins. Uh, you know, whereas in the Old Testament, they had to you know, sacrifice thousands of animals uh, constantly to try to atone for sins. But Jesus Christ came once and for all to atone for us so that we can be forgiven. We choose to follow him. And because we have that choose, choice between life and death, we can choose life eternal in heaven or we can choose eternity in hell. That is your choice where you want to end up for all of eternity. It's not God, you know, you can't sit there and blame God. So, well, God, don't send anybody to hell. Well, God uh, is giving you the choice. You know, it's on you where you spend your eternity. And that's something that we have to understand, too. Is that the reason why everybody needs forgiveness of sins is because their sins have alienated us from God. You know, that's the main reason why that happened. Hello, Michelle Fox Harris. And, uh, you know, when you, uh, you know, there's some people out there that they, their hearts become so hardened uh, to that they, their conscience no longer bothers them. You know, they become seared, if you will, uh, being given over to a reprobate mind. Uh, but that's one thing we have to understand is that uh, you know, if God is holy, if you have violated his holy standards, you stand legally guilty in his courtroom. So the main issue with guilt is not just guilty feelings, but actual forensic liability. If God condemns you in the day of judgment, your guilt becomes eternal. God's decree, final penalty for sin, is eternal separation from him in the lake of fire. That's, that's the second death, if you will. And so that's why we need to understand that uh, because we've been alienated, because we uh, there's that separation, that we are in need of a Savior. See, the cross is offensive. People don't want to to, uh, to listen to the things of the gospel. That's why you have people out there complaining because they dare put a Bible verse on a parking spot. Or, you know, it, just, it, just, it hits them at their very core because they know that what they're doing is wrong. And so we have to try to explain to an unbelieving world. It's like a young man coming to me after church Sunday morning gave his life over to Jesus. And, and he said, well, uh, what does that mean to be saved? What, you know, what, what happens when I, uh, if I give, you know, if I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior? So I try to explain to him how that, you know, Jesus Christ, I know that, you know, he's, he's a young boy and uh, maybe he's probably having a hard for him to understand. And fortunately, with my childlike mind and uh, the uh, trying to explain to him how space and time kind of collapse, you know, kind of like a time travel, so to speak. And that um, Jesus Christ had him on his mind, you on his mind. And he did that to save you from a very real hell. Just like, you know, I, you know probably hear the, the illustration ad nauseum about, you know, if somebody was, you know, about to get ran over or maybe there's a, uh, somebody about to get shot and you pushed them out of the way and took that bullet or got hit by that car to save their life. That's kind of what Jesus done for us. You know, that's kind of a, a simplistic way to, uh, to understand it is that once you give your life over to Jesus Christ, he cleanses from all unrighteousness, from all over that old person or a new person in Christ Jesus or a new creation. Uh, you get to, you have a chance to start over, do things better. And one thing I wanted to make, make sure he understood that, I said, now listen, you know, once you give your life to Jesus, that's a real change. You have a new start, but you've got to follow Jesus. I mean, you need to say the words and say, well, um, and then just go do whatever you want to, go live however you want to. Uh, that doesn't show a, a lot of change. Instead, you want to make sure that you're obeying God and trying to serve God. And uh, because, you know, if you just think that you're just saying a magic uh, sprinkling of words and that's it, no, there's much more to it than that. And I told you, I said, it's the hardest thing you'll ever do. But the rewards are out of this world. 
And so the fact that Jesus Christ died for you, he took that beating for you, he nailed to the cross for you, he rose again from the grave for you, he did that for you, he did that for me, he did that for us, to save us from very real hell. You know, in a sense, we people want to reject him, don't want to listen because their hearts have been seared, they've been blinded by the God of this world. And uh, we see some of the godless uh, comments and uh, posts on Twitter. It is, you know, just, it's mind-boggling, it really is. But, you know, that's one thing that uh, God decreed, that the wages of sin is death. That's one thing we see in Romans 6.23 and in Leviticus 17.11. God explains why the blood must be shed, for the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given to you on the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood by reason of the life that makes atonement. So that's why we see that God's justice demands payment for that penalty, you know, and so that's why Jesus Christ had to do that. And so we have a um, uh, have that rebirth, you know, so I said what it means to be a, a born-again Christian, if you will. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, they may say, well, how did those in the Old Testament, uh, you know, how were they saved? Well, they, they just like we were, as we look back to the cross, they look forward uh, to the cross. And, uh, again, that's one of the reasons why they did the uh, blood sacrifices. In fact, uh, see, I was trying to find the verse here. Um, in regards to that, hold on one second here. Um, hold on, I'm trying to find the uh, the exact verse I'm looking for. It's in Isaiah. Give me one second here. I apologize. Hold on one second. Where it is? See, no. Oh, yeah, here it is. Isaiah 53, 5, 6, and 11. Uh, says, you know, it symbolizes or, or kind of pictured uh, the sacrifice of Christ. Uh, and so uh, so here we, are, we see that in Isaiah again, 53. But he was pierced through our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him, and by his scourging we are healed. All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. But the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. As a result of the anguish of his soul, he will see it and be satisfied by his knowledge, the righteous one. My servant will justify the many, as he will bear their iniquities. So, you know, that's why we see those sacrifices kind of postponed that to a certain extent, uh, that penalty of sins, till Christ paid them on the cross. And uh, so that's why we can understand that those in the Old Testament were saved. And it blows my mind that there's actually pastors out there who said that they weren't. Uh, and the reason why I say that is I actually saw somebody write this and asked their pastor, they saved me. He said, no. That just blew my mind. I just, I just, I don't get that. But then again, you got a lot of these Jake Leg preachers out there don't uh, have a clue on what they're saying or doing. And uh, but again, that forgiveness comes through the blood of Christ. But uh, one thing we can see that um, uh, Luther, uh, Martin Luther, you know, he wanted to nail the 99 Thesis. He had a hard time understanding grace. You know, he felt like he had to, and I think a lot of us feel like we have to do something to. Uh, you know, it's hard to understand and comprehend that Christ just forgives us, that we don't have to do something, that we have to, to atone for that somehow, and we should have to make up for that wrongdoing. And it's easy to feel that way because we live in a world of cause and effect. You know, growing up, if you've done something wrong, then more likely you will get your butt busted. You know, that's uh, the difference between kids then and kids today where mommy and daddy just say, now we don't do that. You know, you're just, you just be good. And they look at you like, whatever. And that's why you got a bunch of kids who don't respect authority. But anyway, nonetheless, Martin Luther uh, fully understood what grace was and is. 
And um, but one thing we see with Luke, uh, what um, I tell this little story here. Elijah says that during a serious illness, the devil came into Martin Luther's sick room, looked at him with a triumphant smile, and unrolled a big scroll which unwound by itself. Luther read from the scroll the long, fearful record of his own sins, one by one. At first, he reeled in despair. But suddenly Luther cried out, One thing you have forgotten, the rest is all true, but one thing you left out, the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. As Luther said this, the accuser of the brethren in his long scroll disappeared. Luther also said, uh, Sin has but two places where it may be. Either it may be with you, so that it lies upon your neck, or upon Christ, the Lamb of God. If now it lies upon your neck, you are lost. If, however, it lies upon Christ, you are free and will be saved. Take now whichever you prefer. So, even though I mean, our, our forgiveness of sins, it comes to the blood of Jesus Christ. And it is applied to uh, our heart by faith. And so understand that, you know, sometimes it's easy to beat yourself up. You know, it's, it's, it's hard because we're imperfect and it's tough and you continually mess up and screw up. And, uh, but understand you're forgiven, has been covered by the blood and Jesus Christ will never give up on you. And so we have to just keep up the fight, keep pushing forward, understand our forgiveness and make sure we don't neglect the fact that we need to evangelize and witness and tell others about Jesus as well. Our time on this earth, earth is limited, so make sure you use it to the best of your ability. Let us pray. Dear Father, Lord, we just thank you, love you, and praise you. Lord, thank you so much for your grace and your mercy. Help us, Lord Jesus, each and every day to serve you well. Let us do your perfect work and will. Help us understand your grace, your forgiveness, and never take for granted your atoning work on the cross for us. Lord, I pray that for anyone watching and listening this morning that doesn't know you, let them pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that you be with all my brothers and sisters of Christ who are watching this morning. Lead God which will protect them are going out and coming in. Lord, be with all of our kids and our spouses who are going to school, work, or play. That you will put a holy edge of protection about them. Bring them home safely. Lord, I just pray that you'll help us to be a light in this world of darkness and serve you well. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, my friends, I do appreciate you all for tuning in. Hello, Terry Hutchison. I just now saw your name there. But I hope everybody has a great day today, a fantabulous day. And remember, live each day as if it were your last, because one day it will be. Thanks for watching, and God bless. Mm -hmm.